Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. I'm Mark Hamilton and I'll be your host as we talk about the weather and the summer and winter of 1919 and 1920. And we'll talk about that freedom convoy, of course. We'll talk about energy and what it does for our state. We'll take a look at agriculture. We'll take a look at sports. And you know we like to talk about our Wyoming Cowboys. And we'll also talk about Facebook and air rifles. All today here on Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. Taking a look at weather, yes, weather's still here, winter's still here. Looks like we're going to have a chilly week here in Wyoming, especially our northern part of Wyoming. We'll have some pretty tough Arctic conditions coming in, some minus temperatures overnight. It's, uh, I guess, uh, winters want to remind us that it's still here. Doesn't look like our snowfalls will be major, but it's a good time to remember to get a, another log for the fire, put another blanket on the bed for tonight and this week. I always uh, feel bad for the stockmen out there with their animals. This time of year, a lot of people are in the middle of calving, and it always makes it tough. I guess the biggest thing is keeping those animals dry. It always helps, but uh, there'll be some long, restless nights for our agricultural community as they face some of these conditions. Also, travel is always treacherous when you see these cold temperatures, just to make sure that people are prepared. Make sure you have the proper supplies in your vehicle. Make sure that you know where you're headed when you're heading out. People know where you are. And always remember, if something does happen with your vehicle, to make sure you stay in that vehicle. It's the safest thing to be in when we have conditions like this. I had been taking a look at my History of Wyoming textbook by Mr. T.A. Larson. If anyone on a on the pod has been to the University of Wyoming or taking courses down at uh, Laramie, you'll know that uh, required one semester of History of Wyoming. And I have to be looking through some items and talking about our climate, and we hear a lot about global warming and and such. And I. Saw this in here on page 412, The History of Wyoming. The summer of 1919 was one long to be remembered. Drought was universal throughout Wyoming, and in the fall, at least one-third of the livestock had to be shipped out of the state. The remaining herds compelled the purchasing of hay and grain at prices that were appalling. Winter started from a month to six weeks earlier than average, and in October, snow covered the state. Long, cold months followed, ending with an April storm that had been unequaled since the March storm of 1878. This resulted in the loss of about one-third of the stock of the state, and in many cases, the cost of carrying through the winter was more than the sheep were worth in the spring. On top of this calamity came the depression in prices, and the sheep and wool were among the first to feel the effects. In a week, wool fell from 80 to 25 cents, and sheep from $18 to 
to $10 and then later to $6. The price of lambs fell from $8 to $12 down to 3 Of credit there was none and the stock murmur up against his stone wall. 1919 into 1920. We did not have global warming going on at the time, I guess, folks. I don't know of all the vehicles and suppose it's CO2 emissions and, and what we're going to take and blame this issue on, which seems like that we go back now and that that is our problem. And I always challenge people that come up with these series to try to explain why through the past history of our state and our country and our world that we've had these type of conditions in the past. But for some reason, we bought into this propaganda that people push out there about global warming trying to cause the demise of a lot of our industries. When I go back to my handy history of Wyoming, and thank you T.A. Larson for sharing those facts, the drought of 1919 and the unbelievable winter of 1920. Take a look at politics. News from last week, the leader of the Republican caucus in Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy, has endorsed Harriet Hageman for the congressional seat for Wyoming. That happens to be great news for the Hageman campaign, seeing more and more people step up and getting behind Hageman. And I think you'll see more people slowly but surely getting away from Congresswoman Cheney. I think, again, as we've talked in the past, I think her days are numbered. I think that the people of Wyoming have an opportunity to make that happen. I really would ask people to take a look at what is going on, get information on what's going on with this upcoming race, and vote for your conscience and the direction you think that we need to go. Again, each person has to vote for who they want to vote for. I would definitely recommend to people to take a close look at where Cheney is presently. I don't really feel like that she is a representative for Wyoming. She's a representative for herself and her inside Washington Beltway groups. I really don't feel that she really likes the general people of Wyoming, the deplorables. And so I just hope that coming up by August that we can hand Cheney a farewell with a resounding victory for Harriet Hageman in that primary election. In Wyoming news, legislature is hard at it. One bill that has been defeated again, and, and I just almost the point of giving up on it, on anything going to happen with it. But we, uh, the runoff bill was defeated soundly again. Uh, Representative Chip Nyman, a Republican out of Hewlett, was the one that brought this forward. I think he had a great idea. I think there's a lot of people. They would like to see this pass. And when you start looking at some of the comments and quoting 
from Representative Pat Sweeney, a Republican in Casper. This is trying to fix a problem that does not exist. I would totally disagree with that comment. I think this may be a comment coming from maybe a Cheney backer in Casper. I don't know the political leanings of this gentleman, but I feel like that this is a problem. The way we are set up with multiple people getting into a primary and then the person coming out of there more or less being the winner, especially if you're on the Republican side. I think it's definitely a problem that we need to address. I think it's something that our legislature has made attempts on, and again, we don't seem to be able to get it taken care of. I feel like that maybe sometime the people in government that are supposedly serving the people are really serving themselves or an ideological group. And I feel like that, you know, if we can't get the people in the legislature to come through and and take and do what, what we would like to have, I think that it's time maybe to to vote for people that are leaning or, or have the same thoughts that we do, the people here in Wyoming. So more to come on the legislature. We'll try to keep up with happenings each show on the legislature a lot of stuff is in play right now and it'll be interesting to see how things come out freedom convoy 2022 in ottawa canada over the weekend after three weeks of protesting the mandates of the last two years their government decided to use a seldom used provision of canadian law without approval from the parliament to use the police and a paramilitary troops to crush the peaceful protests in Ottawa. Also, this provision allowed the banks to freeze and attach the accounts of the protesters and also the people that had contributed to their cause. Unbelievable. Watch, watching coverage on various live feeds on YouTube, the level of police force was excessive for a group of people that were unarmed and had to nothing had done nothing to represent that they were a threat. In Canada, 97% of the news media is controlled by the government, so coverage has been definitely leaning one way. The tyrannical dictator of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has created a police state that rivals any third world country. I think this will work against Trudeau and has woke up the people of Canada as protests are now ongoing throughout the country. And you know that the world is watching. All through the world, protests are coming up. People are tired of the mandates. We've got to the point that we've finally figured this out and that we need to get back to living our lives. The Freedom Convoy is coming to the U.S. as our own truckers are starting their own convoy with the goal of making it to Washington, D.C., the convoy will pass through Wyoming on Interstate 25 and 90, and Laura Redman of Casper is heading up the support for Wyoming. She is taking on the responsibility of helping collect numerous supplies and provisions for the convoy. You can get more information by going to Facebook and searching for Laura Redman or the People's Convoy. I hope we get the support here from the people of Wyoming. In Washington, D.C., the government, wanting to play this up, has started reinstalling the fence around the Capitol. 
I'm sure there will be a false flag actions in place to try to discredit the convoy and everyone involved. The alphabet networks will be in action at every turn to discredit everyone in the convoy as either Trump supporters, racists, and every usual list that the media has to shed a negative light on people that are in the convoy. Good luck to the People's Convoy, and I know the people of Wyoming are in your corner. We are all tired of our mandates, and we know that it's time to move on, that we have been lied to through the year, last couple of years, the amount of damage that's done to our society. It's going to be hard to get back to where we were. And I think that uh, the biggest one that I have an issue with are the mandates on the children, on masks, and potentially of giving them a untested, unproven shot. For what reason? Where there aren't any issues with them getting sick, there's more of a problem with them getting the vaccine, an untested vaccine, or not even a vaccine, a actual shot. So I hope that the people of Wyoming, we wake up, and see that what is going on, that we need to stand up now for our rights before something like this happens again. If we don't do it now, when will we do it? Taking a look at Wyoming energy today, temperatures are cold. There's a lot of natural gas and propane and other sources being used in the state, keeping people warm. It's always nice to be able to go over and kick that thermostat on and get that nice heat going on a day like today. Taking a look at our energy in detail, our State Petroleum Association, the Wyoming Petroleum Association, does a wonderful job of promoting the petroleum industry in our state. And they're always releasing information and I think it's really good to review these with people and kind of educate people on what takes place and what our energy does and what it provides for everyone in the state of Wyoming. And did you know that the Wyoming Permanent Mineral Trust Fund stands at $7.7 billion and produced a total distributed income to Wyoming of $492.5 million in 2021, providing government services to residents paid for by the energy industry rather than the individual? Did you know that the Wyoming public education system ranks highest in funding for students in the region and is in the top 10 nationally? The Wyoming oil and gas industry is the largest contributor to that fund, paying for more than 32,000 students in 2021. In 2019, the natural gas and oil industry contributed more than $10.6 billion to our Wyoming economy. And taking a look at our education, in 2020, Wyoming oil and gas contributions to education break out as follow. K through 12, $542 million were contributed, $15 million to the University of Wyoming, and $11 million to our community colleges for a total contribution of $568 million. You know, when you start looking at those figures, $542 million were provided by the energy industry to our schools. And I, I know that our educators are appreciative of it. Their wages are up. We're teaching wages are up due to these funds. And again, thanks to our 
everyone involved in the oil and gas industry for everything that you do. You are providing an outstanding benefit to our state that we are very lucky to have. Taking a look at agriculture in Wyoming, as was mentioned earlier, these extreme conditions are affecting our livestock, presenting issues with calving and some late nights in the calving pens, and also on feed as the animals require additional input during these conditions, cutting into our limited feed supply already affected by drought and commodity pricing. Our state farmers are preparing for spring work in the fields and getting crops planted while dealing with uncertainty in our market. Our agricultural community in Wyoming is a resilient group and will find a way to push on and provide food for our communities. Taking a look at sports, our winter sports season is coming to a close with the state wrestling this weekend in Casper with regional basketball starting this week for 1A and 2A schools, and 3A and 4A starting next week with state basketball the week after each regional. There'll be a bunch of yellow buses headed to Casper over the next three weeks after a lot of hard work by the athletes taking part in these games. This is a great chance to get out and support your teams. We'd like to wish good luck to all the teams in this year's tournaments. The Wyoming Cowboys will be in action tonight as they take on the CSU Rams or the Sheep in Fort Collins at Moby Arena. This will be a big game as the Cowboys are looking at their seeding for the upcoming Mountain West Tournament in Las Vegas, and a win would go a long way towards the number one seed. Also, the Cowboys are looking at the big dance and their seeding in the NCAA Tournament. The Cowgirls are playing great right now, going 6-2 in their last eight games. They are also building towards a run in the Mountain West Tournament, one that they won last year, getting them to the NCAA Tournament. Do the Cowgirls have another run in them and a repeat of last year's crown? Good luck to both our teams. And finally today, Air Rifles and Facebook. Recently, the Hot Springs County School District posted on their Facebook page pictures of students in the middle school shooting air rifles as part of a gun safety class offered at the school. This class was not required, but an option for the students. After being posted, the feedback was very positive from the local community. And then the Facebook police got involved, along with special interest groups. They found out about the post, and then negative attacks started coming in. A classic example of cancel culture coming to Hot Springs County School District. Free speech is something we no longer recognize. And in the end, the district gave in and removed the post. Is this something that we need to do? The post is for the parents of the district. And it is something that we recognize here in Wyoming being a hunting state and applaud the gun safety being emphasized by the district. Facebook is great for general information as long as they agree with it. Maybe the district needs to review their posting policy and maybe look at alternative platforms that allow these posts to be put on their site. Looking at the Code of the West, which we have shared in earlier shows, this is an example of knowing where to draw the line and also ride for the brand and being proud of what we teach our kids here in the great state of Wyoming. Thanks everyone for joining us today and we hope you enjoyed our show. 
As per the code of the West, we ride for the brand and we ride for Wyoming here at Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast.